Pull out your Bibles. Let's talk about it. What do you do when Christmas is over? What do you do the day after Christmas? How many of you have already taken your lights down your Christmas tree and you've boxed everything up? How many of you guys are going to leave yours up to February, March, April? I talked to this one guy. He said, man, listen, I just put it up. Why do I want to take it back down? i got to leave it up for a while. <clears throat> I wish I was smart enough to invent portable Christmas lights. You know, like you mash the button and sort of like they come out from under the eaves and just like, like swoop, you know, and all of a sudden you mash the button. Wouldn't that be really cool? I mean, you know, listen, Thanksgiving, swoop, mash that button, lights come out, you know. After New Year's Eve, mashing the lights come back up. You wouldn't have to get up and risk losing your life and limb every, every day trying to get on the top of the, uh, of the, uh, the house and put those things up. But what do you do after Christmas when we have a tendency to box Jesus up and put him in a box until to next year? I want to read a passage of Scripture to you today. We're going to focus on three things. The main focus of our time today is being able to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we're going to do that because, I don't know if you realize this, but a baby changed everything. Um, take your Bibles and look at Luke chapter 2, verse 17. I want to read this to you. And I want to give you three things today very quickly. Three things very quickly. Luke chapter 2, verses 17. And this is, this is what's recorded. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And with the angel... Where the angel had said to them about this child, all who've heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for, they had, for what they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angels had told them. I want to give you three things that we can do after Christmas. Write this word down. Write the word down, ponder. Ponder. It says in verse 19, But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. The word ponder means to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. Here's Mary, who had been at the center of all the activity and hadn't probably said an awful lot. But her lack of conversation didn't mean there wasn't contemplation. I can imagine what was going on in her, her mind as they walked through that time. She was quiet, yet observant. You know, the days after Christmas, it's a time to be quiet and observant. A time to be reflective of thinking about what's just happened in and among us. See, this past Wednesday, there was the lighting of the Advent candles, and we did that in a progression, reminding us that the Christ child has been born. And it's also a reminder to us that today that the Christ child has not only been born, but one day the Christ child is coming back. And that's a reminder for us. And some of us here have probably heard the Christmas story so many times that you can repeat it almost verbatim. And let me say this right here, don't allow the familiarity of the story to cause you to lose the freshness of maybe what God want to speak in, wants to speak into your life. It's time for us to ponder, to ponder. They tell the story of a chauffeur and his 
the guy that he would drive around who happened to be a chemistry professor, and this professor was well known for his speeches, and many times he, uh, he would be called by famous universities to give these wonderful speeches, and they would pay him very well. And the chauffeur had been with him so many times. One day he proclaimed in the, while he was driving him to another speaking engagement. He said, let me, let me tell you something, Doc. He said, I've listened to your speech so many times that I bet you that I could almost say word for word, verbatim, exactly what you've said and get the same response. The chemistry professor said, I'll take you up on that deal. Why don't we switch roles? And so they did. They arrived at the scene. The EMC welcomed him and told him who he was, you know, and here he was. He was just the chauffeur, but he introduced him as the doctor, the, the renowned professor. And he began to speak, and he shared exactly, almost word by word, verbatim, exactly what the, the renowned chemistry professor would have shared. And he finished up, and there was a, there was a great applause that took place, and, and uh, he had done such a good job. He'd gotten a little nervous because he had finished just a little bit early, and so the, uh, the EMC said, listen, I want you guys to sit down just for a second. He said, I didn't think we'd be done this soon, so I, there's plenty of time for some questions and answers. So is there anybody in the audience that'd like to have a, a question? And this one little boy raised his hand. He, he says, yes, sir. He said, I have, a, I have a question. And he asked the question. And the guy, you know, the chauffeur was stumped. He didn't really know what to say. But he had this bright idea. He goes, you know what? He goes, that is a great question. But that's the dumbest question I think I've ever heard in my life. He said, why in the world would you ask me a question like that? He said, I, matter of fact, it's so dumb, I'm going to let my chauffeur answer the question for you today. <laughs> Familiarity. Lose sight. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, we don't need to, to be told new ideas so much as we need to be reminded of the truth. And the truth is God has sent his son, Emmanuel, to be among us, to rescue us from our sins. And just because Christmas is over doesn't mean that it's time to put baby Jesus back in the box. But it's time to ponder and to be reflective and to think about his birth, not just one time a year, but throughout the year. I want you to write down the word praise. Praise. In verse 20, it says, The shepherds went back to the flocks, glorified and praising God for all they had seen and heard. For it was just as the angels had told them, that word praise means to express approval, applaud. Talking about a birth announcement, man, those guys went back, it says, and they couldn't keep quiet. I want to read something to you because it's easy in the story to miss something. I want to point some words, I want to point one word out to you. I want to look back to Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And I want to point one word. He's talking about the shepherds, but he says, The angel reassured them, being the shepherds, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you, you might want to underline or circle that, good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you, circle that, will recognize him by this sign. And you, circle that, will find a baby wrapped, wrapped snugly in strip cloths lying in a manger. You know, we talk so much about for God so loved the world that we can forget that God so, for so loved me. I want you to look at the person on your right and say, did you know God loved me? It's okay, you can do that. Hopefully they're not sick like I was. 
God so loved me. The response of the shepherds towards the birth of Jesus was that they could not contain themselves from what they had seen, heard, and experienced. I can imagine them sitting around the campfire, and and do you know what it's like for Jesus to be part of not just a conversation, but for all of your conversations? When is the last time that in the midst of an ordinary conversation that Jesus' name was brought up? When is the last time in the midst of a conversation was your personal testimony about what Christ had done and that Emmanuel had done in your life was shared? When is the last time that you gave thanks to God for things that has happened in your life? Praising Him. Thanking Him. You know, even looking back on the past year, is there some things that you've experienced within your personal life or in your family that you feel like you need to give thanks today? I'm going to give you an opportunity. What are some of those things that's happened in your own personal life this past year or maybe in the life of your family that you go, I need to stand up today and give a testimony, and I want to thank God, and I want everybody to know what Jesus has done. Anybody? Because I can start calling out some names. Anybody? A testimony of what God has done. Sean? Restored your marriage. Somebody else, what's Jesus done? Yes, ma'am. Only Jesus. That's a great thanks. Somebody else. A thanks. Yes, Deb. Thank you, Lord. You raised your hand. Daughter's coming home next Monday. That's great. Wow. That's a great testimony. Giving thanks. Yes. Hillary, you can stand up so everybody can hear because I know you probably got something good to share. Them towards a treatment center. Good. That's right. 
been working on you for a while, right? And they finally have diagnosed some things that have been going on. That's great. Anybody else? Yes, Mr. Bill. You know, <laughs> that's great. E. coli, and, 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 and she's made it through. Put lots of prayers, doing well. Susan? Isn't that great? You know, why do we have to sit in an environment like this and share our praises and our thanksgivings? Make this a part of our next year, just in the middle of your conversations, to do it on a regular basis. That as you sit around the supper table, as you sit around the breakfast table, as you sit around the lunch table, as you sit at school, and as you sit prior to a meeting or whatever it may be, that Jesus and thanksgiving might would just flow from our lips. I want you to write down the third thing, proclamation or proclaiming. Verse 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. A third way that we can respond to the gift of Christ in Christmas is proclaiming the fact that Jesus is here, that he's alive. What we've heard and what we have experienced. So many times I think in Christianity what we do is we try to take somebody else's story and tell it. But what is Jesus doing in your life? See, because when it's yours, it's personal. See, Mike Tucker's got a story. It's a real and it's a personal story. And with it, there's tremendous amounts of emotion. John has a story. And behind that story, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of reality because he's experienced it. And Jesus' birth was a big deal then, and it's still a big deal today. And we need to spend more time talking about Jesus and the hope that you have received in Christ. Because if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, there's been a transition from the old to the new. And it's not, a been, a, it's not a been about what you do or what you've done, but it's been about what Jesus has done and what he has did. And pro proclaim means to officially, publicly declare and if you're a believer here and have never been baptized, where has been that public, that, that public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ? That's baptism. Baptism is not only a symbol of the, the birth, the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's also a, uh, it's also a symbol of the, the burying, the putting, the putting down, the putting away of the old, and the raising in the new. <laughs> it's, the, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And if you've not been baptized, what is it that keeps you from being baptized? But a public proclamation. Has it ever dawned on you that there are many people around us that maybe have never heard the name of Jesus? Or they don't understand what good news really is? In Isaiah chapter 9, it says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of the deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. During the American Revolution, there was a war that was fought. It was called the Battle of the Blue Licks. Maybe you've heard it, heard about it, but it was a war that took place. It was a battle that took place after the war was over. The war was over, and that war took place because communication never went across the mountain and got to the people, and many people lost their lives in that battle because they never got the word. They never got word. I wonder how many people around us maybe have never gotten the word. It's a time to ponder. It's a, it's a time to praise. But it's also a day to proclaim. To watch this video clip and then and then right after that, Brooke's going to sing a wonderful song, and then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. 